This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make low-maintenance bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we had nobody coming into the showroom, so we started doing virtual visits via Microsoft Teams. We're able to see two or threefold the amount of customers we used to be able to see. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. I really think it's going to set a standard for retail moving forward. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Question mark of Fiesta Watch. I'm your host, Noah Walter, and joining me as always is Wyatt Lyles. Wyatt, what's up? How's it going, man? I am so ready to talk about mainly the patch. We've got a little bit of actual competitive action to look at, but uh-huh. mainly excited to dig into this ridiculously large and crazy patch that we've got. Alrighty, alrighty. Well, before we get into patch 7.9, uh, we gotta talk about the LPL split uh spraying split finals now both of us had predicted that team rng would take the series you predicted a three to one win i predicted a three to two win but apparently w uh team we heard that and they took offense because they took a clean three to zero win now granted games two and three were close but we was able to consistently outperform rng and lock up first place and move on to msi Wyatt, let's talk a little bit about this series. What are some of the key things that stood out to you? I mean, the main thing that stood out to me is I thought that RNG didn't play anything like they played in the regular season. Because, uh-huh. I mean, I think there's a reason why both of us predicted that they were going to win the series. And the fact that they went out there and couldn't even win a game just was mind-blowing to me. I mean... I sort of thanked them because it meant that I got to go to sleep a little bit earlier. But <laughs> I, but I, you know, but I wanted a good series, especially since SKT stomped KT in the finals for LCK. So we only got three games there. Was expecting a little bit more from this one, but definitely, you know, I don't know what happened to RNG, but Team WE they showed up and they're moving right on to MSI. But I think, you know, the main thing that we can probably look at is the bottom lane, don't you think? Uh, for both teams. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I felt like Team WE's bot lane was probably their weakest link, if if that's fair. I think 957 was a monster on Fizz, and otherwise he had pretty solid performances. Condi was the series MVP, and he w- well-deserved. He was able to consistently make things happen for WE. Yeah. But, and, but while WE's bottom lane kind of struggled, U- Uzi didn't win, you know? And like, we... When we talk about RNG, you have to talk about Uzi because they funnel so many resources into him. They get so many wins through Uzi just carrying, and he just couldn't do anything. I, now, and now, I kind of want to pose a question to you here. Do you think Uzi wasn't doing, uh, wasn't playing up to his standard? Do you think it's his fault? Do you think the rest of the team was slacking, or do you think WWE is just too good for him? I think WWE. Well, I- what I think probably may have happened is RNG may have just kind of underestimated things going into this match because, okay. you know, they played so well during the regular season. I think they just thought that they were going to be able to cakewalk into things and they kind of just ran into a buzzsaw in this game. So I think they didn't really give it their all or as much as they probably could have. And it showed with this loss. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but with that, being said, uh, Team WE, we can't take anything away from them. They played incredibly well, and they move on to MSI, 
which we're now going to move on to, starting with the play-in stages. Now, the eight wildcard regions all played against each other in two uh, double-round robin groups of four? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I'm yeah, pretty yeah. sure it was. And we had the Gigabyte Marines from the GPL and Supermassive Esports from the Turkish TCL uh, move out of their respective groups and move on to the next phase of play. Before we get on to starting to predict those kind of matchups, which will take place tomorrow, a little, here's a little inside baseball for you. We're recording on Tuesday night. Uh, and the, <laughs> the matches start tomorrow at 1 p.m. Central Time. Um, what, what are some of the big takeaways from the group stages? Uh, well, I mean, I admittedly didn't get to watch too many of these uh, games Boo. at all. I know, I know, I know. It's fine, um, kind of bad. <laughs> but I will say that. <laughs> oh God! But I will say um, that Supermassive, just from looking at the stats and just seeing how they did in groups, they definitely looked very strong. And I think that should be a pretty interesting series between them and Flash Wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of pulling for for Virtus Pro just because I'm kind of a fan of their Counter Strike team. Not lately because they've been playing like. Absolute ass, but um, Oof, shots fired. <laughs> I mean, look at they, they barely can win games anymore. Um, but uh, these matches are going to be pretty interesting. Both the these last play-in matches, so we'll kind of see how those work from here. Right. Uh, really quick before we move on to those uh, next matches, the Fiesta Watch Fiesta of the Week has already happened, and I, I'm hesitant to recommend you watch these matches. Or this one particular match. <laughs> it's the second time, and uh, we're gonna be, rec- uh, but I'm gonna say the second matchup between Direwolves and Red Candice. Jesus Christ, this was a game. <laughs> 40 plus minutes. Oh. Red Candice began with, I think, three kills before like six minutes or something crazy, and they immediately started losing. They then got two consecutive Baron steals, and they still lost. Oh my and god! People were feeding everywhere. It was it was straight up solo queue. Or it was basically that that Origin Rocket game that we had yeah, no, earlier in the season. I think it was worse <laughs> because the teams didn't. The teams they weren't playing cautiously. They were just playing like I don't want to say stupid because I feel like that's unfair. But they weren't playing well. They just weren't playing very wise. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were playing. Uh, they they were risking it for the biscuit, but turned out <laughs> turned out not to be much. Um, but yeah, that's a Fiesta Watch Fiesta of the week, brought to you by Fiesta Watch and RotoWire.com, of course. And now we're going to move on to talking about the next group, uh, the next stage of MSI, which will be the I don't know what the the official name is called. It's like I think it's it's they're just calling it like round two of the play in stage. Literally just round two. And that's what I, that's what I saw online. Okay, so just, okay, cool. Uh, round two of plans. <laughs> Yay. Um, in the first matchup, we've got Gigabyte Marines, who moved out of Group B, somewhat commandingly, although Group B was kind of weak. And they will be taking on TSM from North America. Oh, baby. So let's begin really quickly with a question for you, Wyatt, because I'm putting on my tinfoil hat here, and I smell a conspiracy, because I believe... That Riot likes TSM and NA way too much, so they're going to give him a favorable matchup. Do you think that TSM has a better matchup against the Gigabyte Marines than they do against Supermassive Esports? I would say yes. And again, I haven't watched a lot of play from these teams, but just from looking at everything, it seemed like Supermassive was the better team to come out of that first round. So the fact that they got seeded against TSM, or I mean, not did not get seated against TSM. Definitely, I can see where your your tinfoil hot conspiracies yeah. are coming Mayo from. Mark Mayo calling you out. <laughs> so, Riot, if you're listening, we would like to know exactly what's going on here. We love <laughs> NA as well, but come on, give us some good matchups here. Of course, of course. Uh, but uh, let's let's kind of return to the discussion here. Uh, or Not that that wasn't a good discussion, but some legitimate esports discussion. Do you see any way that the Gigabyte Marines can shut down TSM. Because as a lot of you will know, uh, seeing that we're mostly an NA, we're an NA-based podcast, Bjergsen and Hanser have been playing phenomenally this split. 
And I don't think their form is going to dip in playoffs. And we all remember what happened to Sven Skaren at Worlds. Sure, he had some t- games where he was invisible, but like those Lee Sin games in World Group Stages, oh baby, those were uh, that was pretty good. Yeah, and I think that was what I was going to say when you know because I don't think that anyone on Gambit or um, Gigabyte is yeah is going to be able to to shut down the the top lane or I mean any lane really from TSM because they're all playing so good right now. Oh damn! That, all right. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I just see TSM as such a higher tier. I think Wild than... Turtle's gonna crush, um, unprofessionalism at its finest. What's his name? Slay. You think he's gonna crush Slay? I mean, I don't think he's gonna crush him, but I feel like he might outplay him, even if it's narrowly. I think he'll be able to come up as like the top of that matchup, just because TSM's overall game is so good in my eyes right now that there's just no way that, that Gigabyte's going to be able to stop that. All right, well, since you sound so confident, let's go for some predictions. What, in this best-of-five series, what is your prediction? Give me a number. Give me some numbers. I'm going to go I'm gonna go 3-1 TSM. 3-1 TSM. You want to talk about why you think they're going to lose? Because with the, you know, kind of the same way that I was looking at with um, in the Challenger Series games, uh, when these teams from the LCS play go up against the Challenger Series, the, the meta is so different, and I, you know there's just things that are a little bit different than they're used to playing. So I think they might see something different from Gigabyte that they don't see in the NA LCS, and it might catch them off guard. Damn, which is dude. Why I think... you're calling Gigabyte Marines NA Challenger level? <laughs> That's like I'm not saying that they're exactly NA Challenger. I'm just style is going to be different let's than what TSM mind, is playing against. Let's keep in mind that, like, NA Challenger is has, like, sure, they've produced NA talent, but it's, like, when you think NA Challenger, you think guys like Chris and, and, and Solo. Well, like I said, I'm not, I'm not saying that. <laughs> like, damn, that's you know, cold, dude. They run, they run their not, region. You, look, you're pulling <laughs> my words and blowing them out of proportion. I'm not saying. Hey, you brought that, up the NACS, dude. Just because I was just trying to make an analogy because yeah, yeah. there's different types of play, different metas that you're dealing with and all that kind of stuff. Just like the Chinese meta is completely different than the NA meta. Yeah, so yeah. that's all I'm saying. If you want, you know, bring on the hate. If you, all you Gigabyte Marine fans out there, which I'm sure there are zero that listen to this podcast. And hey, if there is, they're zero now that you compare them to NA challengers. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm still going for it. 3-1 TSM. See, I'm actually being nicer than you. I'm giving them a game. I'm saying that TS, that that Gigabyte's actually going to win a game. Listen, I prefer... I like to thank you as an optimistic fellow, and I appreciate that. But, like... <laughs> Bjergsen and Hanser are playing yes. so well right now. I yeah. think... I, and from what I've seen of Gigabyte Marines this tournament, I don't see that they win through... Um, their lanes, right? Yeah. Sometimes they have slow starts, and it rely they rely on their macro play to to get advantages over some of these other teams. Not only did they have the weaker group, but their macro play I don't think is better than TSM's. And if you can't out macro TSM and you can't beat their two solo laners, it's gonna take a miracle. I think Sensei is gonna have to have the worst series he's ever played. Biofrost is gonna have to choke really hard. Wild Turtle is gonna have to flash in every team fight. But I don't think it's going to happen. I'm predicting a 3-0 TSM. I'm fairly confident in that prediction. But something right. I'm not as confident in is Flash Wolves versus Supermassive. Now, this is a very interesting mashup because some people, and I don't, I don't want to, and by some people I don't mean just like me, but I don't want to say it. I mean like <laughs> other legitimate people in the esports industry sure, are saying, sure, 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 are saying that Flash Wolves might be one of the best teams at this tournament. And you know they won Ayan uh, Kalavitsi. They've, mm-hmm. they've had an unbelievable performance in the regular season back in their home league. So, Wyatt, Flash Wolves versus Supermassive. Let's, let's break this down. First and foremost, do you think the Flash Wolves are as good as people say they are? That they're one of the best teams in the entire tournament? That they're better than NA, they're better than EU? At least I've heard a couple of people say that. What do you think? I think so. You know, while I may not think that that region as a whole 
is, you know, if we're looking at ranking regions and everything like that, I wouldn't say that that region is one that I would put uh, super high on the list. But just looking at their play at IEM, they played really good. Granted, they were playing against teams from, you know, the EU, and there was a couple LCK teams in there. So it wasn't the best of competition, but they still overcame it and played very, you know, I think by all accounts, they played really well. And I don't think there is anybody that really doubts that uh-huh. uh, for that tournament alone. So whether or not they'll be able to translate that here, you know, that remains to be seen. But I, I think that they are a really strong team. I don't know if I would say they're the best team at the tournament, you whoa, know, at this whoa. competition. Hey, 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 calm down. Nobody said that. Nobody said that. I've learned my lesson. Nobody said that. But yeah, so, it's hard. It's no, hard definitely to don't say that. Yeah, but yeah, they are. They're very good though, and I think that they're gonna. They'll probably turn some heads. Right. It's it's when you look at what they've been able to accomplish this season in uh, the LMS. They had a nearly perfect year, and, and they've been firing on all cylinders. Their mid laner and their jungler, in particular, I want to highlight those two. Uh, and that would be Karsa and Maple. They've been playing out of their minds. They're syner- they have really good synergy. I think they're an exceptionally strong duo. And right now the game is very much uh, mid and jungle focused. Right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Supermassive, I think, is a good team. But that being said, I think I at least watched a part of every game from the playing stages. Not Maybe not the full game because I had other obligations. But I oh, the only player I remember on that team is Dumbledouche, and that's because he has a cool name and he killed Faker once, <laughs> right? Like, it's yeah. Not, but but maybe we're giving we're not giving him enough credit. Uh, do you agree that Supermassive is the best wildcard team in the world right now? Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I 100 percent agree with that. So the best wildcard team in the world versus the best of the LMS. Let's get some predictions out of the way. Do you want to start, or do you want me to kick it off? Uh, I started the last one, so let's hear what you got to say first. <laughs> okay, I'll take this one. Uh, I'm gonna go three zero to Flash Wolves. I'm also, I think I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty confident in the Flash Wolves. Let's not forget that this is the team that can beat SKT in international tournaments, right? Like they did it last yeah. year at MSI. Uh, the Flash Wolves, I think they're all of their lanes are fairly solid. Maple's a prodigy, and I just don't think Supermassive has the tools to keep up. White, what do you think? I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go through three zero on this as well, just hey. because. Yeah, Flash Wolves. They've been playing really strong. You know, I didn't see, or I mean, I didn't see their regular season games over the LMS, but I did see most of their games at IEM, and they were just they were really good. And I don't think that a wild card team is really going to be able to. Granted, you know, Supermassive might be the best wild card team, but. I don't think that they're going to be able to stand up against the Flash Wolves, so I think this will be a pretty quick series. Alrighty, I agree with that. Now, let's move on to patch 7.9, the most recent patch, the mid-season update, if you will. Now, in this patch, there are a couple, or there's a bunch of stuff we want to go over, starting with some champion reworks. Okay, so first and foremost, we're gonna let's let's go through these notes one, uh, just just from the top going down. Let's start talking about Maokai. Now, as I'm sure a lot of our viewers will know, Maokai was forever the just most standard tank, just just all around her you could you could pick, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like uh, we need a tank top laner. Uh, Maokai, sure. Okay, we need something that can mm-hmm. that can kind of clear waves quickly. Something that's sustain that has good sustain. Something that can team fight well. Okay, let's pick Maokai. Okay. We, uh, how about this time we need something that has high pick potential and good CC? Okay, let's pick Maokai. Uh, maybe, maybe something that has a good, uh, that, that brings a lot with a TP flank. Maokai! Like, he just did everything, right? Yeah, it was basically the all-around, the, just the best tank option in the top lane. Right, and then it's like, alright, his ultimate's gonna be AoE damage, uh, damage reduction for the rest of his team, which he then converts into damage, into a magic damage nuke that he does. Also, because he did, he is a big fat boy and he has decent base damages coupled with the fact that he has self-sustain with his passive like in team fights he's just going to sit on top of an ad carry and slowly whittle them down yep 
so that was really fun to play to watch and play with play against <laughs> but i mean he was he was picked so much i mean not so much towards the end of the split oh yeah after but, they nerfed him and then like they buffed all the other tanks yeah exactly so the fact that he's getting some love again we're certainly going to see him coming up because this patch it won't be live for the matches tomorrow right or thank what? god hell no <laughs> but i think for msi proper it probably will play i don't know i think i think they're gonna let it go because like msi start doesn't start that quickly after these matches yeah and like i i guarantee this will be at the start of the summer split we're gonna see this patch Oh yeah, yeah, definitely by then. But let's talk a little bit. Let's let's kind of go over Maokai. Um, some major things uh, with his passive Sap Magic, which is his healing mechanic. It no longer uses a stacking system. It now has a timed cooldown that increases uh, that that decreases from thirty seconds to twenty seconds uh, from levels one to six to seventeen by an interval of five seconds. And it's got some new text. Each time Malkai casts a spell or is struck by an enemy spell, Sap Magic's cooldown is reduced by four seconds, and it gives them a pretty sizable heal. I think when you also take into take into account that his Sapling Toss, his E ability, um, now has bonuses when you throw him into a bush. That being, they last from thirty to seventy seconds, to scaling with level, and have a larger detonation radius. And they take a hundred yeah. additional damage. 100% additional damage over 2 seconds. Just flat. That's just all the ability says. Not that Maokai does 100% damage, 100% uh, additional damage. Not that Sapling does 100% additional damage. But just the enemy takes 100% additional damage. I think they're trying to return Maokai to the jungle. And that's not even talking about his <laughs> ultimate. But but how do you feel yeah. about that? Moving Maokai from the top lane to the jungle. It'd be interesting. I, I wouldn't be against seeing that. Just because it would, it would add a bit of... Uh variety to things because he's been in this one role for so long so i i can i wouldn't be against that at all seeing that big tree in the jungle maybe he'll just become like a camouflage dude and just get lost in the jungle <laughs> but do, do you think he can survive in the current meta because like when we're looking at the msi meta for junglers ivern is very high priority because shields yeah. are broken um you've also got stuff like uh god what, what else is being played nowadays um lee Sin, graves graves Occasional Kha'Zix, occasional Rengar, uh, Elise. Do you think he, do you think Maokai can keep up? I don't know if he's going to be able to keep, just because, I mean, you've got, like, Graves has kind of been the hot pick for a while. Graves and Lee Sin are the two that were, you know, are kind of battling back and forth. And I sir, I don't know if he can stand up against those two. Well, obviously um, not in a 1v1 fight, like. Yeah, exactly. But I, I think overall his utility and what he brings I wouldn't be surprised to see them see somebody pick him like against the jungler, like one of those other two, just because he these changes to his stats are certainly going to give him that little bit of edge that he may not have had before. Right. I feel like he's a very he he every ability of his basically stay the same except for the changes we we've discussed already. But his ultimate is completely changed. No longer is an AOE damage reduction aura. Thank God. I hate I hate. <laughs> Just, just big circles that that make everybody hurt less. It's just silly. Looking at Galio, yeah. but <laughs> uh, it creates basically a ma a bigger form of Nami wave that moves much slower uh, and roots enemies uh, when they make contact. The range is pretty far, right? And the root scales up from 0.6 seconds to 2.4 seconds, scaling up over the first 1,000 distance traveled from the ultimate cold nature's grasp i think maokai overall might be seen again it's going to depend on how quickly maokai's initial clear goes it's going to depend on the matchup but i will say in the mid game if you have a giant title if you have a giant wave of roots coming at you and then a maokai's jumping on your team that's going to hurt it's he's still going to do maokai things he's going to get on the front line get on the back line lock people down and set up easy kills for the rest of his team but we're going to move on here to sejuani who we haven't seen in a long time. They're turning her from an ult uh, an ultimate bot into um, a point-and-click stun bot, I guess. I think her frost armor passive changing uh, is really interesting. For starters, it doubles Sejuani's total resistances went up, and then it adds 100 additional bonus armor and MR. That is so much, right? Yeah. Uh, it gives, yeah, it gives Sejuani slow immunity, 
uh, it breaks after... It, it briefly lingers after Swadrani takes damage. But, you know, that's like... If you're if you're able to resist slows, like a card... Like, if you think about supports that are popular right now in the meta, you think of stuff like Karma. You think of stuff like Syrah, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now... The, and, and the Frost Armor won't prevent you from being... It won't make you CC immune. It's not like Mazahar's passive. But just being able to, like, shrug off a Karma Q and continue running at people so you can hit uh so you can start stacking up your frost ability which her melee allies can apply she's yeah i can see some really strong synergies with her and kled i can see that she might have some problems with her initial clear i don't know with changes we'll get to later she might be uh in the meta but i'm sure everybody's going to want to experiment with her so yeah certainly no doubt we're going to see her at some point and finally let's move on to the goo man himself Zach. Uh, Zach. He, he somewhat minor changes, right? Somewhat. Minor yeah, nothing, changes. nothing, nothing huge. A lot of the stuff same as W is the same. It's the Q and the ultimate. They have now bonus effects on top of uh, what they used to do. So on the Q, stretching strike. Uh, when Zach hits a champion with his Q, or actually I don't know if it's a champion. Oh, the first enemy. Okay, so when it, yeah, just any enemy. Yeah. He, he Qs something. He then has a limited amount. He then has a certain amount of time to get another auto attack off. And when he autos something, he grabs that enemy and he, sl- he slams them together like Saturday morning cartoons. You know, like Superman bonks <laughs> the two bad guys' heads together and they go boom. And, you know, they they get uh, summarily owned like that. But it does bonus damage to all enemies in the collision area, right? Yeah. First and foremost, this is going to make his clear speed insane. He has W, he has E, and now he has another AOE ability to clear to not only clear camps, but effectively nuke stuff. Like, yeah, that's huge. Zach's going to be a beast. Watch out, he's going to be able to power farm very effectively. I don't want to, I don't want to say as fast as Graves, but like, it's it's it has to be respected. And in team fights, being able to being able to uh, like slam two people together uh, to yeah, set up another combo. That's pretty big. Especially if you can get a backline target on a frontline target. Clump them up in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I think team fights is probably where his that ability is going to be used the most. And that'll be... I mean, yeah, it'll be good for wave clear. Um, but the fact that he'll be able to like clunk two guys together, that's certainly going to be huge in team fights. Right. And then his ultimate. So imagine a rise ultimate, but your enemy is casting it on you. <laughs> and it's shorter range, thank God. But like that's basically the functionality that has been added to his ultimate. Uh, Zach can now charge his ultimate once he presses the R key. Uh, if let's bounce his release before Zach charges for at least one second, Zach knocks back nearby enemies on release. I don't know if that means that his if you do that, his ultimate will be like the old one with three bounces, or if it'll just be with one bounce. But that's still like an AOE knockup. That's fine, right? But when Zach is charging, he's immune to crowd control. He can still be targeted and hit by abilities, but he can't be CC'd. And if you fully charge the uh, Let's Bounce, Zach then picks up all of the enemies above him, becoming unstoppable, meaning a CC immune, and carrying them to a target location. The range on this scales from 700 units to 1,000 units, which is fairly, fairly, fairly decent, like a pretty good range. Yeah, it's pretty good. It does good damage, and it slows all the enemies in the landing area. More importantly, you can pick people up and deliver them into your team. Why? (laughs) Tell me I'm not crazy, and tell me that Zach is not going to see a competitive play. No, 100%. Yeah. These, I mean, the changes, they're not huge because, you know, they left most of his his kit the same. Yeah. He was in a good place, and now he's like, now he's in a great place. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, hello? Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. It'll be, I mean, I'm all for seeing new champions kind of come into the rotation because it gets really stale when it's just the same, like, you know, same 10 guys or same same 20 people that just kind of get rotated in and out. Um, so it's certainly nice to see some new ones get buffed so we can get some variety in there. But speaking, this is so strong, though. <laughs> right, and speaking of variety, there's something I also want to mention as we move on to item changes. Now, with the tank update comes new durability items. There are more magic resist items for... 
tank so they don't have to if you're against a, a heavy ap team you don't just buy a spirit visage and then go well hmm uh i guess banshees right uh yeah <laughs> uh and part of and they've added a couple of new items and i'm sure you'll see them in the future I, we haven't been able to play test them because the patch literally came out today so we're yeah. so yeah uh, with the future time will tell whether these new items are any good but one thing i do want to point out is that uh the sunfire cape balmy cinder and cinder hulk their burn damage has gone slightly down in terms of total base abilities uh total base damage right yeah uh, i'm looking at cinder hulk now and the exact numbers are it scales from 9 to 43 damage per second or half tick i don't i don't know the the damage refresh rate to 12 to 29 so it's slightly stronger earlier right yeah slightly stronger earlier it doesn't have as strong of a late game but your bonus damage versus minions and monsters is increased to 200 percent now a stronger early early game 200 percent bonus damage tell me i'm not for sunfire cape because sunfire cape is going from from 50 to 100 i mean 50 to 200 even yeah, if you do two hundred, yeah, excuse right. me. And then like Cinderhold already got a hundred percent, but God, yeah, that's huge. I mean, yeah, you, you're dropping down the burn radius, so it's not going to be as effective if you're not. But you're you know, as close, it's melee still, champions, whatever. Yeah, exactly. But still, like going from for Sunfire Cape, going from fifty to two hundred, that's so big. Here's my here's my big question though. The Balmy Cinder, the 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 health item that provides the burn its radius went down but the damage didn't change but what's to stop these tank junglers because most of them are junglers right yeah actually all of them maokai sejuani and zach granted sejuani could be you know i think there is potential for swapping her around to maybe top lane and yeah mm-hmm. of course time will tell maybe zach is better with high economy but cinder hulk allows him to power farm really effectively and it takes a while to get to that item point right but if you can make some yeah. really ganks happen, then yeah, that could be big. You get this, and you're able to keep, and suddenly you're able to keep up with some of these junglers like Lee Sin, like maybe even Kha'Zix, who are have ridiculously fast wave clear, like burning through a Raptor camp, and then stumping full combo and then just dipping. If you can if you can counter jungle successfully as tank junglers, we might be looking at a tank jungle meta again. Um. Anyways, moving on. I like it though. Yeah, yeah. There's, and and we I highly <laughs> recommend. Uh, that everybody go and check these patch notes out for themselves. There's simply too much to talk about on the show. Otherwise, we'd be here for an hour, and I don't know how, I don't know what the interest is in us in listening to us talk about math for an hour. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. But oh, I know you will. I know you will. Uh, that's all you've been doing all day. I know. <laughs> oh yeah, I've been doing math all day. I love it. Um, <laughs> looking at these, I'm really excited for this new patch. But. Let's start talking about AD carries, because this is a tank update, but AD carries got some attention. I say attention. I don't say love. I don't say hate. I say attention. Because I'm... You know, it's kind of it kind of iffy right now. First yeah. and foremost, we have to discuss Doran's shield. Okay? Yeah. So the Doran's items give... Cha- uh, and I'm going to read straight from the patch notes here. Doran's items give champions a lot of laning strength at the expense of mid to late game slot efficiency. Blah, 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 blah. In that context, Doran's shield is the item that lets you weather a top lane. So, we're updating its passives to keep you in lane and help you last hit while you save up for your big ticket items. Sounds fair, right? When you think of champions that generally build Doran's shield tanks, right? Yeah. Okay. So, it costs 400 gold now, meaning you can buy two pots at the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. Health is unchanged. You get six, plus six flat health regen per five seconds, which is very good. Especially yeah. if you're in a tough matchup top lane and your champion has a low base health regen rate for whatever reason. I feel like there's a butt coming on, though. <laughs> you lose the reduced damage from basic attacks or single target spells. Meaning you don't get free Fizz passive. You don't get free Ninja Tabi passive. Or not free. You don't get the you don't get that ability with the door and shield. However, yeah. your basic attacks now deal plus 5 damage on hit. And you regain 20 health over 10 seconds after taking damage from an enemy champion. Am I crazy? Or does this sound like the item that a lot of AD carries have been asking for? Yeah, because does. think about it. Yeah. If you're against a Caitlyn who's super oppressive, right? The, yeah. the, the plus five damage on hit. I'm specifically mm-hmm. looking at Vayne. I think Vayne is going to be very good with this. 
because she can take two pots, so she doesn't have to start longsword, right? Mm-hmm. And and while the longsword start is usually good because it gets her to her blade of the ruin king quicker, uh, with changes we're about to talk about in a bit to crit items, maybe she just wants to build immediate attack speed through other options such as like a static shiv or something. I think yeah. Dorn's shield change is going to be very interesting. I think it does kind of solve the problem that some top laners had, where it's just like every top laner just takes Deering or or Corrupting Flask or like Longsword 3 pot if you're one yeah. of those champions that can get away with it. And if you couldn't fit into any of those categories, then it's like, well, tough. But yeah, I think it's going to be, we're going to see it a lot in bot lane matchups, particularly against champions like Caitlyn, your champions like Ezio, who have potential to be really oppressive in lane. All the lifesteal items got some love, except for the Mercurial Scimitar, because it already had, it has a cleanse attached to it, so, like, it's fine. Whatever. You don't, yeah. bu- you don't buy the Scimitar for the stats, you buy it because it has cleanse. Blade yeah, of the Ruin no King's ones. cost went up by 100 gold. Hopefully this slows down the amount of blades you're going to be seeing in your uh, solo queue games. Death Stains, Bloodthirster, Ravenous Hydra, all their attack damage went from 75 to 80, a minor buff of 5 AD. Death Dance also has an additional bonus of doubling the damage deferred from 15% to 30%. Do you think any of these changes will matter? Not really. I mean, like 75 to 80 is it's not it's not huge. It's not a big difference. And and it's not enough to get ADCs out of the kind of terrible spot that they've been in for a while. Well, you, do you think in this last patch they've been in a terrible spot? Like, I think with the Blade of the Ruin King buffs, some of them are oh, pretty yeah. okay. So maybe not terrible, but they're still not you know they're not in the 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 twilight years that they've been you know in patches in the past mm-hmm. I can so see. i still think that you know there's still a little bit of room that they might have to to buff the adc up a little bit and make them a little more worthwhile but overall i mean th- these are good changes i mean i don't want to make it sound like you know i'm just like poo-pooing on them. like they're not bad changes right, right but you know they're just they're not it's what i don't know if they're going to make a huge difference you know okay yeah it's fair enough and then Let's move on to critical strike items, right? Because for the longest time, critical strike AD carries have just not been in the game, right? First, it was lethality. The the, the good old days of Jin and Varus and Ash because she had a stun, right? Yeah. Like that was it. And then yeah. and then it was the Blade of the Ruin King users, like sometimes Lucian, Kogma, uh, occasionally Jinx, even for reasons unknown. Now some of these items are starting to get better for early game the infinity edge went down by the cost went down by 200 gold from 3600 to 3400 which is the exact same as blade of the ruin king and i yep. guess and as i'm sure you remember um, in the in in the days of old a lot of 80 carries would just rush infinity edge and it's like okay whoever gets a crit first wins right <laughs> basically yeah. zeal's cost went down by 100 gold from 13 from 1.3k to 1.2k um the Karashi's Shard, which is the uh, attack speed item that does that, that stacks up and does stuff with Rapid Fire Cannon and Static Shiv, uh, went up by 50 gold, which is whatever, and the proc damage went up by 10, which is not inconsiderable. Ruinance Hurricane is getting a slight nerf. It no longer grants on hit damage, and now does 40%, but now the secondary bolts go from 25% of your total attack damage to 40% of your total attack damage. Still a flat nerf. Still a flat nerf because the unhit damage was really effective in yeah. dealing with heavy armor stackers. Yeah, definitely. And when Riot talks about the rapid fire cannon and the static shiv, which are items we don't see often because, quite frankly, they get outclassed by the other two uh, zeal items, uh, mm-hmm. they got buffs. Phantom Dancer got some nerfs to its gold cost. But realistically, Wyatt, here's what I'm seeing. Okay? Yeah. The game. The game league of legends right games is trying to promote crit ad carries right they're trying to prop them up yeah but they just made it easier for tanks to get armor <laughs> yeah that's why it's like that's why i think it's it's sort of puzzling to me because like these are good changes for a lot of these items that the adcs can use but like you said because this was a, also a tank update it just they buffed tanks just across the board you know so it just made so they both kind of got buffs, but I feel like the health buffs and just the durability items that the tanks got just makes them still that much stronger than right. ADCs. And it makes it that much harder to kill for ADC as well. Like, think about it this way. A two-item tank, pick a tank, any tank, 
uh, Maokai. Cool. Two item Mike. Uh, two item Maokai. Against like a two item, let's say Jinx. Right. Yeah. If the Jinx doesn't crit, she never wins. Mm -hmm. The Jinx can have like two levels on this guy, way more CS, summoner spells up. If she doesn't crit, she's not punching through the Maokai's armor. Mm -hmm. And this is even compounded by the fact that they nerfed armor penetration. Uh! <laughs> yeah. And, and the reasoning behind it was between Lethality, Last Whisper, and the Black Cleaver, there's been far too much armor penetration, right? Yeah, but rather than, yeah that's fair. And you can't really nerf Lethality, otherwise the Assassin class is basically completely donezo. Yeah. So they decided, so Riot decided to take 10% off of the Last Whisper's armor penetration passive. So it goes from ignoring, uh, you uh, ignore 45% of your target's bonus armor to 35% of the target's bonus armor. Right? Yeah, so <laughs> that's why it's just so, can, you know, you give them the, these nice tools, but then you also take away a lot of the tools that they were using to get past these tanks. Right. And, it, and it's ridiculous, because it's like, hello? These are items that we need. These are items yeah. that 80 carry characters need. Not to mention Randuin's Omen, which is very good against Critical Strike champions. The Critical Strike damage reduction went up from 10% to 20%, as it just a, another big F you from Riot to <laughs> some of these 80 carries. I'm, I'm personally worried about the 80 carry class. I, I fear that they're approaching another dark time. Yeah, where, same. Like... You can't run... Lucian just got absolutely boned this patch. Because not only did his Blade of the Ruin King combined cost go up, or total cost go up, but the Black Cleaver also got nerfed. The armor shred per stack went from 5 to 4%, which doesn't seem like a major difference, but it means that on maximum shred, which Lucian can usually achieve in like a quick 1.5 second combo, he's in, instead of shredding 30% of the target's armor, he's only shredding 24% or a quarter. Yeah, exactly. So they're basically taking Lucian out of the game. They're trying to promote these crit AD carries. And I can't think of any crit AD carries that would really excel in, in this current meta. Like, Sivir gets run down. Right? Yeah. Caitlyn's yeah, no just Caitlyn. She'll always do Caitlyn things, so that's fine. Jinx isn't doing particularly hot. Maybe these changes will help her. Maybe these changes are supposed to help Draven. Maybe they help Twitch. I don't know. A lot of the characters that w that you traditionally think of as crit AD carries either already build Blade of the Ruin King and are seeing play and are kind of fine now. Hmm. Well, and, like, and I'm, I guess yes. maybe that is their goal is to try to bring some of the other ADCs out of obscurity and kind of like bring who? them to the forefront. I can't even, I can't even think of them. Yeah, you know? I mean that's. I mean maybe that's the point. Maybe they're looking for. Somebody to pull some, you know, off the wall random ADC that we haven't seen in, in forever. Like, I guess my problem is the only AD carry that I can see benefiting from the blade that, that benefits from the crit build from the the, the the help building crit items that doesn't build Blade of the Ruin King is Jin. And we've had enough of that champion for a year, wouldn't you say? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it'll be interesting yeah. to see where the meta goes in the bot lane, but I'm personally worried about the state of AD carry. Supports, yeah, on the other yeah. hand, they get to distract themselves with fun little mini games in lane. So, that's good, I guess. Um, they all... I think the biggest thing of this patch that I want to talk about, though, okay. is the Rift Herald. Oh, you just want to skip the supports? Let's do it. Okay. I mean, well, I mean, I got, well, let me give but... like a quick recap of what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing but, will yeah, change. Yeah. Nothing will change. Spell Thieves. Is just gonna still be really good, right? It's super yeah. easy to complete the, the complete the quest with the tribute passive, and when you complete the quest, the reward is you get fifty percent movement speed for a second whenever you proc a tribute, uh, when you proc a stack of tribute. So basically, you're giving supports a phage. Good shit. Yeah. The uh, ancient coin line, while it looks really cool, and the idea of being able to get an extra ability uh, skill point is interesting. It lost health regen. And that's why you pick it a lot of the times. It's the reason why you pick it on Rakan. It's the reason why you pick it on Soraka. It allows you to be yeah. safe in lane. You don't have to land trades. You just have to exist, right? Yeah, basically. <laughs> so I don't know how much that's going to do for that. And the Relic Shield thing, it's just a, it's not going to bring the world to its knees. Supports that build Relic Shield will appreciate it. 
but it's not like any supports are going to convert from their previous item paths. Uh, yeah. Maybe like Thresh having an extra ability in E or Q early might persuade him to go relic uh, to go go the ancient coin. I still think Rakan does best with ancient coin, but a lot of supports like Janna or Soraka who would normally play super passively, I think they're going to start building the spell thief's edge line because I think it's just simply better for them. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Bang. Done. Rift Herald. Go. So the Rift Herald. You know, the Rift Herald is kind of in a weird spot because some people like to go for it, some people don't, but you, there's never really a huge focus on it like there is, you know, a, a dragon or something like that, or even, you know, like like a like an Infernal Drake or something like that. So the Rift Herald is kind of in a weird spot. But I feel like with this patch, it's going to completely revitalize the early game. So she's still going to respawn at 10 minutes, but the buffs, there are the advantages that it's going to give you after you kill the Rift Herald is going to be ridiculous. So they changed the fight encounter a little bit. So uh, her attack style is going to be a little bit different. So, and it really, you guys should look up the video that's on um, League of Legends YouTube page that shows the oh, new attack animations and everything. It's, so it's really cool. Like the it's fight so looks It's so silly. Good. Yeah. Like the fight looks really cool. Um, they changed how, how it looks and everything. So it's going to be a really cool fight. How she team. looks. How she looks. They how assigned she looks. a gender. Excuse me. How they assigned she a gender. Yes, yes, yes. How she looks. But. Do they ask the, her? Probably not. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but by far the biggest thing that I am so excited to see oh, is once you get the Rift Herald, basically the person captures the Rift Herald into what they call the Eye of the Herald. It goes in your inventory goes your inventory it basically it replaces your trinket and oh, it doesn't not replace, only does oh, do, you, do you know if it replaces the trinket that's what it says it says temporarily replacing uh their trinket in the patch notes so oh, okay Fair um so not only you know it does that but it also gives you for as long as the person is holding on to the the herald you will get a baron style recall so that's going to be really big yep and but the biggest part yeah when you have it you can summon a Rift Herald that basically, I like the way Noah put it, basically acts like a mini Godzilla because the <laughs> Rift Herald will drop into the lane. It'll go towards the nearest turret. And I swear, watch the video because this Rift Herald drops. And I shit you not. Has this that turret, weird charge attack? Yeah, it like they call it Leroy, which I think is amazing. Um uh, they call like all, they call her her thing Leroy, where basically she charges forward and then just knocks aside the side enemies and everything. So she does this and goes straight towards the turret and then does like a ridiculous amount of damage. Does, like a turret, she, I think she did like I want to say forty percent damage on just the initial hit of the turret, and then she starts to auto attack it and then destroys it. Right, and in the video, it's important. To, it's important to point out. The turret's getting worked on by like a full cannon wave, uh, not 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 like a super wave, just like a normal cannon wave, a Renekton and a Vi, who you would think does a good job of, of eventually chipping down a turret. Yeah. And as soon as this Rift Herald enters the fray, it like half it half health, it chunks the turret to like half health, or it does like half the turret's health with one yeah. attack, and then it just starts autoing it. And it's like a third champions in there, and and it has some yeah. attacks like the charge does double the the herald's attack damage. It has another attack where it winds up that does an a in an AOE cone in front of her triple her attack damage. This thing is stupid strong. You have yeah, to hit it high. And it has, and it has a high. ton of health too. It's got four thousand to six sixty four hundred health depending on the average level of the game. So I mean, it's got a lot of health as well. And but don't worry, you can kill it by hitting the eye, which means you have to get behind it somehow. Which means you have to walk into the enemy team. <laughs> hmm. oh. Think thinking emoji. I'm yeah, not. like it's gonna. I like. I really. I like this change because the Rift Herald never. It, it's never something that people really kind of strive to to go get. I mean, some people will pick it up. Like there'll be games that happen where you just nobody gets the Rift Herald. So, yeah, yeah I don't do think that's gonna happen at all anymore. Do you think teams will start swapping bot lanes to the top side to take this early? Uh, I don't want that to happen because I hated the lane swap era. But, like, but do, you, do you think teams are fine with giving this up? I don't. I don't think so. So I, I think if if that's the way that they're gonna gonna combat that, I would not be surprised because nobody wants to deal with this, you know. Because especially because this is at ten minutes, so I mean, it's still gonna be in the early stages of the game. Uh, 
you know, I, I don't think anybody wants to deal with a gigantic little Godzilla running around trying to knock down all your turrets. You right, know? like, here's how I see games going. Okay, first 10 minutes, everybody gank bot. We need to crack that tower so our bot lane can get freed up and go topside. Right? <laughs> Basically, yeah. Go, go, I go! Mean, I... Send the clowns! <laughs> Airdrop everybody in! Five minute team fight! 5v5, fuck it. We cut that. We found a word. Let's go. And then once, once the bot lane... Once a team cracks the bot tower, their eighty their dual lane switches to topside, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And either they get stomped in topside because they're down, usually, or they have yeah. to stay bot and catch the wave, and then the other team gets uh, rift herald, and it's like, well, their dual lane's pushing with Godzilla in top lane. Uh, are are mm-hmm. are like, whatever top lane, our Nautilus can't really deal with this. Somebody needs to go help them out. And then it just it just seems disastrous. Hopefully this does does not return to lane swap matter, but I would not be surprised if it does. Yeah, same here. Okay, um, this has been a fun episode. Uh, not a lot of competitive results. Um, MSI MSI should be fun, right? Yeah, this patch is going to be insane. I can't I can't wait to play on it because we Definitely. all all love League of Legends. Wyatt, if the internet wants to talk more about pocket Godzillas. And and how why why you don't like support item itemization and other stuff? How can they contact you? They can contact me at Wyatt double underscore RW on Twitter. Make sure you get that second underscore so you don't talk to somebody else. Not naming names, yeah. Joe Bartle. Yeah, and it's it's Wyatt double underscore not RW double underscore Wyatt. The Wyatt comes first. Remember that, people. Wow. Putting yourself before the company. That's that's what I, I like to call a team player right there. <laughs> you can find... Hey, Joe doesn't, Joe doesn't even have the company's name in his, so it's okay. Hey, that's fine. But I'm a team player. Don't worry about it, because you can find me at RW underscore Noah Walter, and you can chat with me about League of Legends, Overwatch, whatever suits your fancy. Wyatt and I both uh, cover a, sli- a variety of games. Although I will say, I just... Kn- Wait, you're not following me on Twitter. Hello? Thank you very much for joining us. We're all of us at the wire.